0: Hello, Ned here, and right at the top of this episode, I just want to start by offering some huge thanks to friend of the show, Michael Sear, for offering his phenomenal singing voice to a particular aspect of today's episode. Uh, We did this after we'd already recorded this episode, so we don't mention it during the episode, but I think you'll know it when you hear it. It's pretty great. So once again, thanks Mikey. This episode is much better for your contributions, and now on with the show. (音楽) . What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Connor Wood, Chandelier Survivor. Evan Peterson, the Iron Vampire. (laughs)
1: Justin Porter, aka JP, and I have survived despite your best efforts.
0: (laughs) Well folks, uh, you might have caught on to our theme so far. The setting that the patrons have gifted us is James Bond, but we're playing the villains this time around. I'm so excited. It's good to be bad. (laughs) Yeah. This is kind of an interesting little bit of history, actually. The very first time we sat down, uh, it was me, Evan, JP, and Caleb at that time. The first time we sat down to try and test out Fate Accelerated for this podcast We did a setting called No Time for a Million Ways to Die in the West, (laughs) uh, which was James Bond Spaghetti Western.
2: (laughs) Heck yeah. I totally forgot about
0: that. (laughs) Yeah, we we messed up a lot of stuff in that test. Uh, We didn't actually record that one. That was just trying to figure out the game before we tried to figure out the recording. And we learned a lot from that campaign. And we're going to do it much better this time around.
2: (laughs) And now Old West has been featured on the podcast. And now James Bond gets to be featured on the podcast.
0: Yeah. It's all coming together. Well, I mean, let's go ahead. We've been talking a lot about James Bond, like in the preamble leading up to this. So I think we're warmed up. I think we're ready to just start getting into our ideation here. Oh, yeah. So we're all going to tell some real life stories about our real life experience with James Bond and possibly with being villains, if that's an applicable thing. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'll get us started. So I think probably my first exposure to a James Bond-esque character was the Spy Fox uh, computer games. I don't know if any of you remember those. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I love Spy Fox. That was uh, my first introduction to all the punnery of like, there's Monkey Penny is his assistant and there's Professor Quack because it's got a Q in it, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> of course, of course. There's the pig who likes to play card games for trinkets. <laughs> and like, now that I've actually watched more James Bond films, looking back, I'm like, that was surprisingly accurate. Right. (laughs) And James Bond, of course, is one of those intellectual properties that has very similar to Star Trek. The last one we did, it's just kind of like suffused the cultural zeitgeist to the point where Mm. like I hadn't seen very many Bond films through most of my life. But I still had like a sense of the tropes and whatnot that went into it. The first time I went out of my way to watch like an actual James Bond film was years and years back. I don't know, 2016, 2017 or something when I said, you know, what? I'll just watch all of these from the beginning. And I started at the very beginning. I watched, I think, like the first four Sean Connery movies. Mm. And with each progressive film, I just kind of kept getting more and more like, man, I'm not sure how I feel about the fact that this guy is like the standard we're holding up for masculinity. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't age well, though. Yeah. Very problematic, man. (laughs) Yeah, definitely a product of its time, uh, that iteration of James Bond. So at that point, I kind of just stopped watching the movies, but when we decided that we were going to you know, record this campaign, I was like, I need to get a sense of the different iterations of James Bond, because mm. like I ran into a similar problem with the Metroid video games. Like <laughs> Back in 2014, I decided I wanted to start playing Metroid, and I decided I'll start at the beginning, right? I started with NES Metroid, and that game is... It's influential, but it's tough. it's, it's hard to play.
2: Yep. I, I did the same thing with Castlevania.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And so I decided, like, I don't think I enjoy Metroid. And it wasn't until Metroid Dread came out that I realized I was an idiot. I could have been enjoying these video games this whole time. <laughs> so I went back and I rewatched Goldfinger because that's kind of like the gold standard for the Sean Connery era. <laughs> and then I watched Goldeneye. And I watched Casino Royale. Mm. And it is so fascinating to see, like, the development of this character through the ages. And it makes me think of, like, this is such an interesting role where it's a blend of classic and modern in the sense of, like... When you're starting to get up as an actor, you're starting to sort of find, some, you're, you're gaining some traction and you hear a lot of the famous actors say, this "It's like, man, one day I would love to play Hamlet. I'd love to play Macbeth. I'd love to play Prospero or King Lear. These classic roles that have been around for such a long time. And so many people have had their chance to iterate upon that and find what they can bring to the role that is unique. And James Bond has a similar thing going on where each time a new performer steps into those shoes, they bring a new twist to James Bond, like still maintaining the core of the character, but finding new ways to make it unique and make it their own. Mm. And I think it's really cool to see not only the developments of the character itself, but also the developments of how the character is written. Uh, Interesting seeing like from Sean Connery to Pierce Brosnan, like they bring in Judy Dench. Oh you love to see it. Always love to see Judy mm. Dench. Yeah. Yeah. Dame Judy Dench. Put mm. some respect on her. Dame Judy Dench. Yes. <laughs> Former cameo in improv tabletop. And she's talking to Pierce Brosnan and she's all like, You're just a chauvinistic pig dog. And so, like, you can see they're starting to be in conversation with James Bond's faults. Yeah. But he still kind of does all the things that we fault James Bond for. (laughs) And then you get to Daniel Craig, and it's interesting. Like, he still is doing those things, but you can tell he's much more complex in how he's trying to handle those issues. Yeah. And it did leave me thinking, like, man, I should be watching more of these movies. Like, especially when I got to Casino Royale, Mm. like Goldfinger, I was thinking, okay, this is a fun caricature of a human being. And then with Goldeneye, it was like, that's advanced in a really cool way where, like, I enjoyed the fight scenes a lot more. I enjoyed the car chases, the tank chases. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, they're very competent films at maintaining that tension for a very long amount of time. But then when I watched Casino Royale I was like man this movie's actually making me think after the fact. Yeah so good. Yeah I love seeing that development it's really cool. So I think that's when we get around to portraying our Bond, like if this is Bond must die, we're playing as the villains. I kind of want our perception of Bond in this campaign to be he's just like an amalgamation of all of the most detestable aspects of James Bond. So we feel good about just destroying him. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Some other Bond-esque properties that I really enjoy. Uh, One of my favorite movies of all time is Lupin the Third, The Castle of Cagliostro. Mm. It's actually the first film that was directed by Hayao Miyazaki before he started his Studio Ghibli, even before he did Castle in the Sky, which technically he hadn't made Studio Ghibli at that point. Uh, Lupin the Third is a very long running, originally a manga series and then an anime series that went through many, many iterations. And now there's tons of movies as well. He's based off of the character Arsene Lupin, however you pronounce It's French. It's I mean, French. What <laughs> yeah. you gonna do? Who is like the prototypical gentleman thief. And the guy who wrote these books back in the day, one of my favorite things about uh, that author is he wrote a book called Lupin versus Sherlock Holmes. And then the Sherlock Holmes estate was like, hey, you can't do that. And he was like, okay, fine. And he changed it to Lupin versus Herlock Sholmes.
2: <laughs> Parody law, baby. Exactly. It's Eww. great. It's what saves our butt every single week. Oh, word.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that I kind of enjoy about Lupin more than I enjoy about James Bond is they're both very much like charismatic. They've got the gadgets. They've got, uh, they're a little bit problematic in some of their tactics. <laughs> but Lupin is more of the roguish type. Like if Bond is more of our maybe paladin, you might say. Lupin is a full-on rogue, maybe a bit of bard in there as well. Mm. So I definitely recommend checking out that movie. And also, if uh, if Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is my favorite Star Trek film, <laughs> my favorite Bond film is the music video for the song Genghis Khan by Mike Snow. So <laughs> go check that out. It's delightful. Uh, yeah, that'll be all of my stuff I'm going to bring to the table. Let's pop over to Connor. Yeah. What would you like to say for us?
3: Absolutely. So I have grown as a human being sort of away from James Bond but when i was a kid i was all about that i thought he was the coolest i really did kind of reconnect with casino royale that was the last one i saw both you know as a film and in in recency Uh, Which is a bit of a shame because, you know, I was looking over, um, okay, Skyfall and Spectre, which I think are the two most recent. No Time to to Die. die. No Time to Die, yes. Mm -hmm. Dude, the (laughs) cast of the villains uh, across, like, all of the Daniel Craig films are just my favorite actors. Uh, Javier Bardem, Rami Malek, Christoph Waltz, Mads Mikkelsen, it's insane. It is insane the amount of talent you have as the counterpoint to Bond. So that's what's got me excited to do this. Um, I will say my most recent sort of connection to the cultural zeitgeist that Ned mentioned that is uh, James Bond is an anime called Spy Family Uh, Elevator pitch for Spy Family. It's a war-torn world featuring a spy and his pseudo-fake family The spy is the papa and then they've got an adopted daughter who is psychic uh, And the wife is an assassin Uh, The psychic daughter is the only one who knows what's going on with the parents um, that said, her favorite show is Bond Man and it's just very like she thinks he's the coolest So very James Bond inspired. They have a dog named Bond. Great show. Uh, lots of love for James Bond in Spy Family uh, I think that's about it for me
0: It wouldn't be Improv Tabletop if we didn't bring in anime at some point, right?
3: You gotta, you gotta <laughs> yeah. So yeah, love me some villains, love me some anime, James Bond
0: uh, Let's go over to Evan, what you got for us Okay
2: I'm going to be kind of all over the place, but I'll just give you Evan Peterson's personal history with James Bond. <laughs> played probably hundreds of hours of 007 on the N64. Yes GoldenEye sir. as yes a kid. Yes, sir. Oh, my
1: god, So good. I was going to say, if nobody mentions that, oh,
2: man. <laughs> played it with friends, played it with brothers, played it on my own. Uh, my favorite memory from that game is one time we made my mom play and we put it on the level that was the like cave, the caverns, and she got mad because she couldn't see and she (laughs) got her hands on a rocket launcher and she thought if she launched it, the explosions would help her see. So she was just launching her rocket launcher into the dark (laughs) and absolutely destroyed all of us. We kept getting in the way of her rockets on complete accident. She demolished us and she was mad about it because all she could think (laughs) was, I'm so mad I can't see, I can't see it. We were like, mom, you're winning, please. And she was like, I don't like this game. I can't see what's happening. that was the only time we got her to pick up a controller i liked the game so much i saved up my allowance money i gave it to my brother and said hey will you go to hollywood video because we weren't a blockbuster town we only had hollywood video will you go to hollywood video and will you rent goldeneye because i want to see the movie that this game is based off of so i saved up my allowance i think i did like chores for like quarters I gave it to my brother, and he went and rented the movie. We had it for the week-long rental. I never watched it, oh. I never actually. <laughs> <laughs> I never put it in and watched it. So I still hadn't seen a Bond movie. A few years later, Casino Royale comes out, and I was doing this thing at the time where my family had this tiny, well, I say tiny, tiny screen, but bulky and heavy TV. And what I would do is I would unplug it, take it into the bathroom and set it up on our counter and then take a bath with like a movie going on the TV. Mm. I put Casino Royale on one time on that, not realizing it's like a three hour movie. (laughs) It's
3: so (laughs) long, dude. You're pruned.
2: (laughs) Like an hour 45 into it. My bath's cold. My mom gets home. She was out doing something. I was home alone and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm done. I pulled the plug. Never finished the movie. (laughs) So I still hadn't fully watched a movie at that point dude
0: and like casino royale it ends so many times yeah, and then it just keeps going <laughs> yeah. right but
2: like it's probably good cuz i was a little too young to maybe see the like scene where he's tied to the chair and they use Ooh, the rope yeah. Ooh, oh <laughs> <Yeah. my> gosh <laughs> as a kid i i was probably a little too young for that so it's probably good it stopped when I did <laughs> so finally the first bond movie i sat down and watched the full thing was in college i went to see specter nice. nice now the thing is everyone loves the daniel craig because he kind of bucks a lot of the stereotypes of James Bond, and one of the biggest criticisms I've heard about Spectre is that it goes back to every like James Bond stereotype. Mm. That is exactly what I wanted out of my <laughs> first James Bond movie. I have not gone back to see how flawed it is in other ways, but I was in the theater just like there are fast, cool cars. He's like <laughs> flirting with all the girls. He like has he sleeps with like three women in that movie, different women. Dang, like he, there's all the beautiful locales. He goes to like. Mexico city and like a snowy mountain. He's like globe And I was like, this is everything I wanted out of a bond movie. I came out so ecstatic and all my friends are like, Oh, that was really disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? And so then I went back and watched casino Royale. Absolutely loved it. Mm. Blew my mind. My wife, I meet her. We get married. She grew up on bond. She loves James Bond. Her absolute peak celebrity crush is Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Ooh, like nice. Pierce Brosnan is her just, she is in love with the man. Good
0: pick. Uh, Good pick.
2: But surprisingly, current Pierce Brosnan with the gray beard. And, but hey, <laughs> he's a
0: silver fox. I he mean, has aged very well.
2: <laughs> absolutely. I do not blame her. So she <laughs> was like, you need to finally watch Golden Eyes. <laughs> so you tried as a kid. <laughs> so showed me she showed me Golden Eye. She showed me Oh, gosh. I'm forgetting the name of it. The one he, the one Pierce Brosnan did with Halle Berry. Oh, oh that's a Die Another Day. Die Another Day. That one's very silly and fun. <laughs> yeah. And then she heard I was going to be doing this campaign. And she said, I need you to see my favorite villain. And she showed me the spy who loved me. Mm. And I will just say, I know we're still in ideations. I'm basing my character off her favorite villain. I'm either going to be him if we're stealing them or if we're parodying, I'm being a blatant rip off of him. Because <laughs> <laughs> cool. her favorite villain of all time is Jaws. Heck yeah. And Jaws is a cool villain. And I was watching it and I was like, this guy looks really familiar. Where do I know this guy from? She was like, here, I'll search it for you. Just pay attention to the movie because she <laughs> knows I have a habit of IMDb'ing during movies. Same. So she was like, pay attention. I'll look for you. She looks and she goes, He's on Happy Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> and my brain Exploded yep. that the guy who plays Jaws in James Bond oh my is the one who shooter McGavin has to play off his foot. <laughs> that is the guy. And I was like, I know so many old people who would absolutely die if I was like, oh yeah, the guy from Happy Gilmore and not, oh yeah, Jaws from James <laughs> Bond.
0: <laughs> you know, the great thing is like because it took me so long to watch a Bond movie, there are so many like I love being able to recognize the actor. Now, like Mm -hmm. in Goldeneye, as soon as I saw Alan Cummings show up, I was like, okay, this is gonna be great. (laughs) But like Matthew Amalric. I first saw him in Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. I first saw him in The French Dispatch. Yeah. Oh, so, so I'm, I'm watching these Bond movies, going, "Oh, hey, it's that guy from the Wes Anderson movies." <laughs>
3: right. I think Wes Anderson was a, a Bond fan. If you look at his current castings, yeah, for sure.
2: Right? You don't know the history, so yeah. So I knew Jaws as the guy from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> but yeah, those are the those are the five I've seen: Spectre, Casino Royale, GoldenEye. I already forgot what JP said two minutes ago. Die another day. Die another day. <laughs> <laughs> and the spy who loved me. But at some point in my life, I was waiting for No Time to Die to come out because I'm kind of a Blu-ray collector and I still don't think they've done it, Weird. but they have to do a 25-year, like box set. Oh yeah. It's like beautiful and decorative. I'm not sure if they have yet but I'm I'm shelling out when that happens and I'm <laughs> I'm gonna watch them all eventually.
0: Yeah, Uh. in answer to like the question of just totally ripping off Jaws, one thing that I love about these campaigns is the blend that we get to have between like sometimes we play a character who's literally just a character from the thing we're parodying sometimes it's a character who's completely made up and sometimes it's like a blend of the two. So yeah, it's this really fun dynamic of like realism and also just throwing our own spin on things. So do as you please, my dude.
2: All right. I I guess I should also point out, if anyone hasn't seen it, my intro, The Iron Vampire, is because Jaws in that movie, it's from the 70s, he just like, his victims, he'll grab their head, push it to the side, and then he opens his mouth all wide with his iron teeth, and then the camera usually just kind of like fades to the side or just kind of like obscures the shot so you can't quite see what's happening and then they're just, the next thing you see them, they're dead on the ground. And I think it's very funny that there's a Bond villain who just bites people to death. (laughs)
0: gnarly. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. In order to be a good, memorable Bond villain, all you need is just some some weird physical characteristic. (laughs) It's true. Even down to like in Casino Royale, towards the end, you see a guy who has a pair of glasses and one of the the lenses is clear and one of the lenses is like a sunglasses lens. And it's like, oh yeah, that's a bad guy right there. (laughs) He's got a weird distinctive physical trait. <laughs> that's also, uh, The Spy You Loved Me is also,
2: I'm not sure if there's multiple Bond movies, but that's the, the one with the shark tank. That the villain drops people into, mm. which is such an iconic Bond villain thing. Oh
0: yeah, mm, yeah. In fact, I also I also watched um, <laughs> Austin, Austin Powers, Powers in order to prepare for this campaign, <laughs> oh, yeah. and the the sharks with friggin' laser beams on their heads. Sharks with
1: friggin' laser beams. <laughs> One million dollars. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, they're they're both problematic in their own ways. <laughs> yeah. It turns out there's four different movies with sharks.
2: <laughs> James Bond franchise. Yeesh. Also though, uh, Jaws. The villain was two years after Jaws. The movie, and it's the movie with sharks. That's hilarious. (laughs) Uh, and JP, let's
1: turn it over to you. Oh boy! So I love James Bond, um, but first I want to say so I wanted to say two things about uh, what, what Evan said. Um, first off, with the Jaws, I was actually thinking about him too um, when I was thinking just this week about like oh villains and stuff. I don't know if you guys heard, but Kanye West yeah. changed his teeth to Jaws. The, like, they're like literally
3: titanium, whatever.
1: Ugh. Titanium on his teeth, and I was so I was thinking I was like,
2: oh huh, that'd be kind of funny. But anyway, I was just thinking how recent was. This? Sorry, honey. I have to switch who I
0: play as. Yeah,
3: <laughs> this is Kanye West. Yeah, and it's it's legit. He's got an all metal mouth now.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's got an all metal mouth now. This is like within the past few days. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah no, it's like seriously happened this week, and I was just like, what?
2: Oh my goodness. He heard
3: we were doing James Bond villains, and he's like, I want to get in on that.
2: No. Um, oh my goodness. My
3: favorite podcast is doing James Bond. Damn. Time to make a move,
2: uh, Kanye. If you're listening, we don't we don't accept you.
3: <laughs> yeah, no. You you're not allowed to listen to the show, dude. You're one of the only people who just can't get out <laughs> anyway i can't i
1: can't remember what i'll maybe i'll think about the other thing but james bond um so technically my first james bond i ever watched was tomorrow never dies which is the second pierce brosnan yeah one. Yeah,
3: yeah and yeah. i
1: remember because my dad showed it to us and i was when that came out that was in the 90s so i was like nine or something and we were at a hotel room living in australia at the time and he wanted to show it to us because i guess i was finally getting to the age because he was seeing all these cool movies and stuff and he was like oh there's they can watch this, <laughs> and so, um, but he would put a blanket over the TV when the, you know, the naughty scenes came on. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, <laughs> And uh, I don't. I remember watching it. It was like I, I didn't really care at the time. But then fast forward when Casino Royale came out. And Now I, I just graduated high school and everything. I loved it. I was just like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And so I asked my parents for Christmas if they would get me the box set of the 20 James Bond movies at the time. And they did. And I watched it in like four days. Yeah. Because like seriously, I would just watch them one after another. Let's go. And I loved them. So yeah, I love James Bond. I love all the villains and stuff, which Goldeneye, or Goldeneye is one of my favorite. I was thinking the man with the golden gun has Christopher Lee, you know, Mm -hmm. he's like been everything. He's so good. Uh, Mm Scaramanga, Saruman. um, Dracula. (laughs) Count Dooku. He's like everybody. Um, the James Bond for Nintendo 64, that was like, we had an Nintendo 64, but my parents would not let us buy the shooter game, so we couldn't- we could only play it at friends' houses. <sighs> but I love that game too. Yeah, so I- ah. I already have an idea of who I'm going to say, so I'm not going to spoil it, but I love James Bond.
2: I'm realizing none of us mentioned Bond songs, which is such an iconic part of James Bond. Oh,
0: yeah, dang.
1: Which,
2: good luck, Ned.
0: Well, (laughs) um, we'll we'll see. We'll see if I decide that I want to write a Bond theme for this campaign. Dude, just
3: hit up Adele.
1: (laughs) You guys were going to say, you got to compete with Adele, Billie Eilish. Uh, You got it covered. um, What's his name from the Beatles? Um, (laughs) What's his face? Paul
0: McCartney. Paul McCartney, (laughs) yeah. Man, it's so my, I have a very soft spot in my heart for, or another Way to Die, which mm. is the Jack White and Alicia Keys mm-hmm. Bond theme. Yeah! The of Solace. Yeah, a lot of people apparently weren't the biggest fan of that one. Oh, it's so cool. The, the thing... I love watching the music video for that one. It's kind of like watching the music video for Bing Crosby and David Bowie's Peace on Earth Little Drummer Boy mashup, where you can tell that Bing Crosby, it, it sounds like somebody just barely told him before they started recording about who David Bowie was, <laughs> like he didn't know beforehand, <laughs> and suddenly he has to record this music video with this guy. Is like, <laughs> just the chemistry is not there. It's very much not like the same degree with the music video for Another Way to Die, but I'm not entirely concerned convinced that the two of them were ever in the same room at the same time while they were filming that music video.
1: <laughs> That's so good. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. Justice for Timothy Dalton. I liked his movies. Everybody gives <laughs> him such crap, but I loved his movies. <laughs> License to Kill and um, Living Daylights. Yeah, Living Daylights. Those two movies, like everybody was just like, oh, those are terrible. I'm like, I thought they were great. I love those ones. Mm-hmm. That's when, uh, um, what's his name, Jeffrey Wright's character gets, um, because uh, he's the American James Bond, and I'm yeah. Yeah. On his name.
0: Felix Leiter? Felix,
1: yeah, Felix lighter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, he gets eaten by sharks and like not eaten, but like bitten on his wedding day in the living daylights. Mm. Or in uh, License to Kill, he gets eaten by sharks. It's great. Oh. But he doesn't die. He just gets torn apart by sharks <laughs> by the the Mexican cartel or something. Oh, great. Ugh. Yeah,
0: he's fine. I love that. Well, we've got our big old pot of ideas to pull from for this campaign. So now it's time to get around to making our character. And I suppose, you know, let's just start with Evan, because we already know what you're going to do. I'm Jaws, baby. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with your uh, high concept aspect. Uh, what do you think is a nice way to summarize Jaws? Uh,
2: The Iron Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> the Iron Vampire. <laughs> I mean, it kinda, I kind of yes. hit it in the intro without realizing it. <laughs>
0: there we go. Now, what's something that you think might get Jaws in trouble on occasion?
1: Oh,
2: what gets Jaws in trouble?
1: He can't go through metal detectors.
2: I don't know. He can't (laughs) go through metal detectors. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to say this as nicely as possible. Jaws is not a smart person it's kind of a notable character trait that he's a little a little slow sometimes that's how james bond usually gets the upper hand on him is because he doesn't really realize like what clever thing bond is doing to outsmart him mm-hmm. so yeah that alone uh- <laughs> all
0: brawn no brain
2: yeah yeah that's that's uh definitely yep he kind of feels there's sort of a stereotype throughout a few different James Bond movies of the big muscly guy that Bond has to beat before he faces the like final villain. The big bad. I think, I want to say Batista was one in one of the recent movies. <gasps> yes, he was in um, uh, Spectre. Yeah. Nice. He's the big muscly guy that Bond has to beat up before he can get to Christoph Waltz.
0: <laughs> you got Odd Job, the classic.
3: Uh, yeah, I got a odd job.
0: <laughs> now, uh, audience, you'll be very proud to hear that I actually got audience suggestions this time around before we started recording (laughs) (laughs) so I did almost forget again uh, (laughs) one of our patrons reminded us so nice uh, here are the three that I'm going to give you to choose from my other secret lair is a volcano I always have a getaway vehicle and slappers only
2: Oh, I. Lo- oh, and that fits so well. Oh, yep. Yeah, slappers only. Man, that was the best. I love how many just communal, human-wide memories there are from GoldenEye. Yeah. We didn't have the internet, and yet we all somehow had the same childhood with that game. No guns,
0: only slapping.
2: <laughs> slappers only. Oral uh, history. Is, who is it you can't? No one. You're not allowed to play as because he's too odd short. Odd 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 job, odd job. Odd yeah. No odd job. No odd jobs.
0: Yeah, like, if you play as Jaws especially, you just literally can't hit odd job with a slapper.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. Slappers only. That's perfect.
0: All right. Uh, Now we need a cool stunt or piece of equipment for Jaws.
2: Uh, (laughs) Oh, I mean.
0: (laughs) He's got those Kanye West teeth.
2: Oh, no. No, don't make Kanye West ruins everything. Gosh (laughs) dang it. No, he, he has... The big bite.
0: The big bite. <laughs> the, gr- the great white bite. Ooh, a very good wording for it. And now uh, let's just figure out what your peak approach is going to be.
2: Uh, definitely forceful he is very strong very
0: the night the cool thing about Jaws
2: 2 even in the movie he doesn't just use his teeth to kill he they're very functional he uses them to bite through like chains Mm. locks Mm -hmm. he bites they're very useful so a very good stunt there the great white bite Mm -hmm. it can cut through a lot of stuff
0: yeah it's kind of like you know you got to make sure you've got some nice utility spells in your arsenal as well Mm -hmm. and sometimes you can double up on them (laughs) forceful plus three clever zero perfect
2: (laughs) All right, let's pop over to JP. All right, so. Going to
1: Nintendo 64 James Bond, <laughs> my thought process was there was a mode that you could play in James Bond where you made their heads bigger. Yeah! <laughs> DK mode. Yes. Big head mode, yeah. baby! So I am going as Bobblehead. Oh my God. Um, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> is his name, and he is the size of Oddjob with an abnormally big size head. Incredible. Like, literally looks like a bobblehead. Oh my. <laughs>
2: I love that. And
1: he's, and he's like three foot or four foot, I guess, however, Tall Oddjob was. Wow. That
2: is. Okay. You know, Ned said every Bond villain has a notable
0: physical character. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're going to be as tall as Oddjob, do you also have a massive hat to match your giant head? No, he's a very t- tiny hat. <laughs>
1: Just a <the> normal <laughs> size hat. <laughs> yeah, it's a normal size hat
0: on his giant head. <laughs> Perfect.
1: But I will make it the 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 odd job hat. Like if you watch hit, odd jobs from Goldfinger, and it's like steel or whatever, he can decapitate people with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Uh, what do you think is a nice high concept aspect for bobblehead? Bobblehead. Um, orange on a toothpick. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: he's he's ginger. He's, he's, yes, he's ginger. We're gonna to make him ginger. All right. He's from Ireland, but I don't think I'll do an Ireland accent because I'm I'm still getting over a cold, so I don't think I could do that. But
0: we'll say he's. Irish. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, what's, something that you th- <laughs> what's something that you think gets Bobblehead in trouble on occasion?
1: Oh, his. I mean, his head is like, literally like, he has a hard time balancing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes he, you know... Top heavy? Yeah, top heavy. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Yep.
0: All right. Makes sense. <laughs> now let's get some audience suggestions for this character. Uh, you're going to get to choose from complex contraptions are better than just shooting someone. Dr. Yes and... <laughs> Our audience knows us very well. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Or I own the government. I'm going Dr. Yes, and I'm a
1: doctor now. I'm Dr. Bobblehead.
0: Yes, Dr. Bobblehead. You didn't go to evil medical school for six years to be called Mr. Bobblehead. Right. Okay. And now we need a stunt or cool piece of equipment. Um, I'm going
1: to say because I have terrible eyesight, but my head's too big to have glasses. I have a very tiny monocle. <laughs> that monocle is also like a piece of equipment. So I, it's got like superpowers. I don't know. We could see through things or shoot lasers <laughs> like, or something.
3: Freaking laser beams. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: it's, it's whatever. Whatever I decide to use it at the at the time when when the problem arises, I'll be able to use it.
2: You're a ginger, Mr. Peanut.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh man. Okay, so you got a real cool monocle, yeah. And then my my uh, best approach,
1: I'm going to say is, you know, I've never used this one. I'm going to say clever. Mm. I don't think I've ever used
0: that one. Maybe I have. I don't know. But I'm going to say clever. Yes, a nice counterpoint to Jaws. Yes. And now, our last person, Connor, what you got for us?
3: I... <laughs> I'll just be Dr. Manhattan. You can call me Dr. Manhattan. I'm a nuclear physicist, and I, I freaking hate that James Bond guy. Wait, like like the... I'm blue. I'm blue, yeah. From
0: the Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah,
3: I don't want to talk about why I'm blue, though. James Bond kept asking why I'm blue. Now I hate him, and I'm going to destroy the world or something.
0: And he doesn't wear pants. I was about to say,
2: this Do- This Dr. Manhattan wears pants.
3: I have, yeah. Yes, this one has a suit on, and he's... He's like in a uh, mechanical wheelchair, but he probably doesn't need it. Just, you can, at a glance, he doesn't look like he needs to use that.
0: All right. So what what is Dr. Manhattan's high concept aspect, do you reckon?
3: Uh, blue? astrophysicist
0: yeah, that's definitely the most important and notable thing about Dr. Manhattan yeah <laughs> alright blue astrophysicist what's something that gets Dr. Manhattan in trouble on occasion do you think
3: super evil just really wants to be evil <laughs> like gotta be evil
0: he does have like that cold indifference to the very atoms that make up his being right is
2: uh is uber evil where the Bond villains get their gadgets from in a pinch
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. it is now <laughs> I've got this
3: app on my phone. <laughs> I got an evil quota Yeah, to fill.
0: Evil quota, I like that. By
3: the way, I'm not the Dr. Manhattan, I'm just Dr. Manhattan. Okay. So I'm not like the guy but I am blue, and I am an astrophysicist. I am, however, not omnipotent or godly in any way, shape, or
0: form. <laughs> okay, okay. That, that does ground this a little bit more. Yes, it, yeah. It's kind of like how the Broccoli Estate watched the Jaws movie and then released Jaws. Word. They, they watched the Watchmen, and now this is their version of Dr. Manhattan. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Uh, that is, it, it is the Broccoli Estate, right? Like the people who make the Bond movies. Yeah,
2: yeah. I love my favorite fact I learned about Bond in the last year was that the executive producer and owner of the estate is named Barbara Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool! It's such a James Bond name. <laughs> yeah, <it really> is.
0: <laughs> and now I get to put the Broccoli Estate in the disclaimer, the legal disclaimer for these episodes. <laughs> it's going to be great. Cool. All right, now we get our audience suggestion. Your choices are. Now here are my tragic backstory. Mm. While you were charming women, I was studying hand-to-hand combat on a satellite dish. (laughs) And WWBD, what would Blofeld do? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with the first one. All right. We definitely got a tragic backstory for this blue astrophysicist. Yes.
3: I'm blue in more ways than one. I know, that was (laughs) almost my high concept, (laughs) but I was like, no.
0: All right. Now we need a stunt for Dr. Manhattan.
3: I'm going to call it... (laughs) Big red button. Big red button. Yeah. We'll call it big red button.
0: Big red buttons are always evil. Very. <laughs> like the one that I click whenever I start my recording for this campaign. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So you got your big red button. Who knows what it does? We'll find out in the moment. And now, uh, what do you think is a good peak approach for Doctor Manhattan? It's gonna be flashy. Mm. Makes sense. Alright, and usually this would be the part where we go straight into the story, but uh, I am also going to be putting together a character sheet for this campaign. Ah. Twist. Yes, I I will be playing James007 Bond. (laughs) Uh, I think our high concept aspect for this guy is going to be world's most problematic super spy. Yes. Cool. He's a blunt instrument. His trouble, uh, I think we're going to call that chauvinism is cool, right?
3: Yeah. (laughs) LOL, I hate women.
0: (laughs) Uh, For his other aspect, we didn't uh, he, he is going to be the villain of this campaign, technically. So <laughs> I'm going to look through blah, blah, blah. His other aspect is going to be Osha is my true nemesis. <laughs> nice. The uh, fun ways that this guy manages to find to kill people is astounding. Yes. And for his stunt, we're going to call that Defy physics when it's narratively cool. (laughs) Yeah, like right from the very beginning, watching Goldeneye, when he jumps off a cliff after a plane and he falls faster than the plane. Yes. Oh yeah. (laughs) It makes so much sense. Okay. And let's see, James Bond, here's the thing. Like James Bond, for all of his faults, he is an incredibly capable person. Like he's been thwarting you guys and all your friends for a long, long time. So he's got to have some pretty good approaches. So I think his peak approach is probably going to be flashy. We're going to put that at a four. Ooh. Oh, dang it. I made like these character sheets in such a way that they do like data validation. So it won't let me put a four uh. into the field. <laughs> <laughs> You've outsmarted yourself.
3: You've been foiled by your plan.
0: Well, just remember that his flashy is a four. Um, I think his next best approach is probably clever. We'll put that at a four. Um, Are you he, putting four for everything? Yeah, he's also pretty quick. I think we'll make that a four. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're just going to give him fours in everything because he is James Bond. Except for forceful. He gets a six. <laughs> he's more forceful than Jaws? Come on. Uh, yeah,
2: right. Right. He
0: doesn't beat Jaws through strength. We're just going to give him fours across the board. We're using the Siskel and Eber star ranking scale for this. <laughs>
2: four is the best you can get. The system's, the system's rigged. <laughs>
0: Ha, <laughs> Well, you guys, you guys got to kill Bond. Bond must die. Bond so, must die. So uh, you got, got to pull out all of your ingenuity and cleverness in order to overcome this terrible, terrible man. Yes. Um, The last thing I would like to figure out for James Bond is who do we think is playing this iteration of James Bond? Ooh. Well, if it's all the
2: worst qualities. Sean Connery. Then it's Sean yeah. Connery. <laughs> <laughs> as much as, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Rest in peace, Sean Connery.
1: Which, uh, fun fact, he actually hated the role no um, afterwards. No way. Like, um, he hated <laughs> broccoli and stuff. So they made a James Bond movie that is not part of James Bond. It's not canon. It's called Never Say Never. Mm. Huh. Never Say Never Again. A never Again. That's right. And uh, I've never actually seen it, but it's a James Bond movie. He plays James Bond, but it's not part of canon. Interesting. There you go. I like it.
0: All right. Well, we've got our characters all put together. So we're going to begin telling the story of Bond Must Die. Thank you. And obviously, we begin in Media Res, the middle of a heist. You've got everything all set up. It's perfect. The three of you come together, despite your differences, in order to uh, do something. What is the plan that you guys are pulling off right now?
3: We're going to steal Big Ben. (laughs) That's right. I will never lose track of time again. Once Big Ben is in our layers, we can divide it by three if you want. It's okay. I very, I shrink it with my shrink ray. Oh, that makes sense with what happened.
0: Maybe. We got to have the Russian villain. Yes. <laughs> all right. So you're in the middle of stealing Big Ben and the shrink ray is out in space. It's in a satellite and it's charging up and you're so, so close. But Bond has managed to bust his way through all of your henchmen. He's at the base. Face of Big Ben climbing up slowly. You can hear the sounds of your henchmen uh, coughing and sputtering and screaming as they fall to their demise at the floor of the tower far, far below you. What do you do? I mean, Jaws will be climbing up after him. Yeah, he would.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Jaws, climb faster!
0: I imagine that like Bond is rushing up the stairs, and as he goes, he's like. You know, throwing bombs and like tearing brackets out of walls, finding fancy ways to like destroy the stairs behind him as he's going up so that you can't follow him. But you're just like, I'll climb up this giant chain. Mm -hmm. So let's have you roll to overcome with forceful to see if you can catch up with James Bond. All right, that's a three. Three, that's pretty good. I'm going to roll uh, quick for James Bond to see how fast he is. He rolled minus three on the dice. That's only a one. Oh, wow.
3: Suck it, Bond.
0: Bond, he like kicks an oil barrel over a section of the stairs there and he pulls out a match and lights it and tosses it and it goes up in flames and a bunch of lesser henchmen all scream and fling themselves from the stairs in terror. And James Bond looks back and says, Ah, another successful gambit. And he turns around, and who's right in front of him on the stairs? It's Jaws. What do you do? Uh, I'll try and throw him off the side of the stairs. All right. Sounds pretty forceful to me. He's going to try and juke you. He's going to defend with Clever. Two. Uh, Bond gets a plus seven.
1: Oh, double of seven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. I'll, JP, I'll give you a fate point because I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, so, yeah, like you go in to grab him, and he does a leaping split right over the top of your head, and he, like, grabs your jacket from behind and pulls it over your head. And so you're kind of, like, caught within this cloth prison at the moment, and you hear his footsteps go rushing up the stairs behind you.
1: All right, I want to—so he's on the stairs. I want to be flying up because I have a helicopter, like, inspector gadget on my little tiny hat, (laughs) and I'm just flying up. I'm like, Bonds, you have been— a giant headache of mine for many years. I shall take you down now. And start to shoot him with a, my little monocle. All you right.
2: <laughs> 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 picturing this voice on an Irishman. <laughs>
1: he sounds Irish to me. I I, I decided he's German. Ah, he's German.
0: Yes. As long as he's some sort of European that is not British, he's a
1: bad guy. <laughs> Die, Mr. Bond. <laughs> All right. I have a very bad at accent, so we're going to just go with it.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, at least you're always more consistent than Christian is. <laughs> uh,
1: I, Zing! R- 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 I mean,
0: Christian, he openly acknowledges that he's terrible at maintaining access, (laughs) so I think we're okay here. Uh, Dr. Bobblehead, I forgot that was her name. Dr. (laughs) Bobblehead, uh, roll to attack with Clever, I think. Okay, so I got a five. Ooh, nice. Uh, Bond is going to, like, he sees the lasers coming towards him. He's going to lift up his Omega Seamaster wristwatch and try and deflect all of the laser bolts as they're coming in towards him. So he's going to defend with Flashy. He only gets a plus four.
1: Ha! Your watch that has the very cool music does not
0: work this time. (laughs) You manage to hit it on, like, the crown of the watch. He's just barely off. And it hits the crown of the watch, and you hear it start beeping. And a voice comes out of it saying, self-destruct in 30 seconds. Nine! Oh, no. Nine! Get out of here! <laughs> and you hear the watch say, not nine, 27, 26, 25. <laughs> oh, no, you fool! <laughs> All right, so Bond is, like, tearing at his wristwatch, trying to pull it off. Uh, everybody has gone at this point except for Dr. Manhattan. What would you like to do?
3: Okay, so I think I'm a little further up from this guy, so I'm I'm gonna begin by taunting him. You'll never take us, Bond! Big Ben will be ours! And then I'm gonna throw some, I don't know, syrup bombs at him. I got syrup bombs. Yeah. Sticky syrup bombs. Yeah,
0: try and entangle him on the stairs. Go ahead and roll with, I think, Clever. Okay. Is Dr. Manhattan Canadian?
3: Yeah, I guess. I don't don't know. (laughs) He doesn't have power, so he has weird other stuff. I mean, we've never had a Canadian villain before.
1: There you go. I'll
3: get you there, eh?
0: He grew up in Montreal, and now he lives in Manhattan.
3: All right, so that is plus two.
0: Plus two. We're going to roll for Bond to see if he notices that you are trying to throw these bombs at him. But since he's trying to defuse a bomb of his own uh, i'm going to give you a free invoke oh cool on his current trouble of trying to stop his wrist from blowing up <laughs> uh so good roll clever bah, bah, bah. that is a plus five for bond all right how will the invoke help me if i use it against him uh you i c- give you a free reroll or plus two i'm gonna try the reroll all right okay
3: Uh, well, that's positive three. So plus three. Plus
0: three. So he sees the syrup bombs coming towards him and a thought sparks in his mind. He watches where they're going to fall and as one of them hits the ground next to him, he slams his wrist down onto the place where the syrup bomb was and he pulls and you hear the clasp on his watch break as he pulls it off of his wrist finally and the watch is continuing to count down 15, 14, 13. Oh, most tracks. Nine. <laughs> we are in a sticky
3: situation.
2: Ned. Yes. I'd like to tear my suit coat off my head and grab the watch and just like bite it to just like crush it
0: and destroy the circuitry. All right. Now <laughs> let's have you roll to overcome with forceful. <laughs> That's a plus five. Yeah. You pull it up off of the syrup from where it's stuck. It takes a lot of effort to break free of the syrup, but you're strong. You know what you're doing. And you look at it and you chomp it in just the right place, giving you a little bit of extra time. Now, Bond, at this point, seeing that uh, the self-destruct mechanism has deactivated itself, he curses in Scottish. And he decides that if, uh, you know what, you know what, you know what, Osha is his true nemesis, He's going to make sure that you can't have Big Ben by destroying Big Ben himself.
2: Aww. He
0: reaches into his coat and pulls out a little pen. He clicks it three times. Oh, no. And he says, sorry, lads, the queen will forgive me. Don't you worry. And he flicks it down, 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 down the shaft towards the bottom of the tower. And then he smashes out a window next to him and leaps out. We
1: shall get you yet. Don't you vary? I hate that
3: guy so much.
0: And you hear the pen land at the bottom four seconds later and a phenomenal explosion rattles the base of the tower, and you see a ball of flame starting to erupt towards you. What do you do? I
1: hurry and grab my two companions, and I fly out on my little helicopter on my head. <laughs>
2: All right.
3: I use my parachute I had under my suit because I figured we were going to lose.
2: I just <laughs> mope like a dejected puppy. Oh.
3: <laughs> There's no
1: moping yet. We will get him. Up, 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 and (laughs) zivay!
0: And as you fly (laughs) off into the sky with Big Ben collapsing behind you and tourists just staring at it and taking pictures the entire time, I think that is where we're going to pick up next time. I think we really are the good guys here. I think so too. (laughs) Right?
3: I just wanted to have it. He just
0: destroyed a national landmark not cool dude he's on her majesty's secret service so you know he can yep. get away with stuff he, he has the license to kill i'm sure he has the license to destroy
1: i mean was <laughs> always telling him bring it back in one piece and he never does <laughs> yeah what are you
0: gonna do what are you gonna do you're gonna kill james bond that's what you're gonna do dun 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 and uh we will figure out how we're going to do that in future episodes but for now dear listeners Thanks for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of Bond Must Die. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as M is not that James Bond just destroyed Big Ben. If you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So, if you'd like to connect with us there, you know, maybe you want to talk with me about uh, some of my philosophies about, you know, putting your own spin on a role that is beloved and classic, uh, don't be afraid to reach out. Now it's time to shout out our next batch of Sticker Club patrons. (laughs) And today we are shouting out Elizabeth McDowell, James Walker, and Je suis Sauvignon. Beautiful. Uh, One of those is definitely a Bond villain name. Yeah.
3: I should have gone with that. That's so cool.
0: Yeah, these are all people who have been part of the collateral damage of Bond's antics, and so they are going to—they uh, are donating to the Bond Must Die Fund to help you guys along the way. It's a GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah, they are funding Uber Evil to help you all uh, have all the gadgets you need in order to defeat Bond. So thank you all Thanks, for your donations to the cause. We'll have more Sticker Club patrons to shout out next week, and if you, dear listener, want to join their ranks, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash improv tabletop, where you can also get things like Discord access, biennial sticker packs, and more, such as our current ongoing patron-exclusive campaign, Dumbledore's Delinquents. Which, uh, keep your ears open for some programming notes regarding our Patreon feed. Uh, Some changes might be upcoming in the near future. Uh, We'll have more announcements with that at a future date, though. Now, let's do a round of plugs and I will handle that this time. We have our affiliation with Fanroll Dice Games. If you want to buy some cool dice, head over there. They've got uh, I don't think I mentioned these before, but they have these silicone dice that like bounce when oh, you roll them. So those are pretty fun. If you use coupon code VroomVroomFifi, you can get 10% <laughs> off your order and some of that goes back to us, which is nice. Uh, we also have our sister podcast, iCast Fireball, a d 5e actual play going through the campaign at Tyranny of Dragons. And if I have done my math correct, I believe the day you are listening to this is the day that we're releasing our epilogue episode. Let's go. For our first campaign on iCast Fireball. Let's go. We recorded that campaign for just shy of three and a half years, and Shh. it is a very touching and heartfelt epilogue Mickey and Jacob and Thomas brought in some really great character moments to round out in that campaign, I'm very happy with it, and uh, keep your ears peeled for more programming developments for ICAST Fireball as well in the near future, and uh, let's see, the other thing I'm going to plug right now uh, speaking of sharks with friggin' laser beams on their heads, <laughs> I recently got an expansion for a game called Smash Up, yeah! a card game, yeah. which Evan, I know you're a big fan of that one.
2: I know. I don't have anyone to play it with. I had to stop buying expansions because oh. I was, I was, I I never got a chance to use them. Rip. But I am assume you're going to talk about the spy set. <laughs>
0: yeah. So uh, I've been playing a lot with Thomas Ryan and his wife, who we shouted a bunch of times in the Sturker Club, Sammy. She's done a bunch of cool art force as well. Uh, we've been playing a lot of Smash Up, and Smash Up, uh, it gives you a lot of like the fun of a deck-building game, but in a very streamlined fashion, because you choose two factions, each of those factions has a deck that's 20 cards, and you smash them up. So currently, like my favorite combination to play is zombie robots. <laughs> um, cool. They've also got like dinosaurs in there. They've got like even in just the base game, they've got aliens, all kinds of cool stuff. And there's so many expansions. There's super spies, like Evan mentioned. There's a shark faction. And one of the cards is with friggin' laser beams on their heads. Let's go. Thomas, the expansion he wants to get has... It's the bear cavalry, I think Mm -hmm. is the name of that one. (laughs) That's so
2: great. I've got it. It's like a Russian bear army.
0: Oh, man. yeah, It's a super fun game. And like the mechanics are very simple to just like pick up a new deck and start playing. And there's so much fun to be found in just like putting together crazy combinations. Like this time around, I'm going to play... Magical girls mixed with Cthulhu, like inhabited, like Cthulhu mind-possessed people from Innsmouth. It's great. It's great. So yeah, go check out Smash Up. It's a very fun little card game. Uh, That's all the shout outs we got for this week. Thank you all for joining us here in the world of Bond Must Die. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by...
2: Connor Wood. Uh, Evan Peterson, a dejected puppy. Justin Porter, a.k.a. JP, and Team
1: Bobblehead is blasting off again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop. Another little callback of uh, since I hadn't seen any James Bond movies for a long time, the thing I know Sean Connery from is The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah.
1: Mm.